Welcome to the Maritime Podcast. You're listening to Marcus Hand, editor of Sea Trade Maritime News. Today we're in conversation with Andre Simha, Chief Digital and Information Officer for MSC. Welcome to the Maritime Podcast, Andre. Oh, thank you, Marcus. It's a pleasure to be uh, with you today. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. As I'm sure many of our listeners will know, Andre is also the chairman of the Digital Container Shipping Association, and he will be giving us his perspectives on where the container shipping industry is on its digital journey and what more it needs to do to reach the points that it needs to get to in terms of that journey. Andre, just to start off, I'd like to ask you broadly, where do you see shipping's progress on digitalization to date? Well, that's a good starting point, Marcus. Well, if I look back at my 34, 35 years in, in shipping, I think we've never seen such a fast progression of digitalization, mostly, of course, due to the pandemic situation, which has really accelerated the trend towards digitalization. And it has shown the importance of you know engaging with customers through different platforms. It's also put digitalization at the forefront of the industry and companies have started to you know, realize that they needed to invest and prioritize budgets and put digital in their corporate strategy. They, of course, have a greater willingness to adapt and adopt than before, simply because in many cases, there was no choice. So to a certain extent, the pandemic has also affected the momentum around advancing the standardization of the container shipping industry. But the situation seems to be easing in different parts of the world. And this is hopefully a sign that we will see, you know, faster developments uh, in this area in the coming months and years. You said that you've seen more development in the last couple of years than over the very long period previously due to the pandemic. Could you give some color as to specifically what sort of developments you've seen? If you look at the early days of the pandemic in early 2020, in many countries, you couldn't send documents around the country anymore. So there was a need to move documents such as bills of ladings and invoices and customs documents to move them around in a a different way. And so people in some parts of the world started to take pictures and, and send them with their smartphones. And I think that that is part of what triggered the understanding that if we were to digitize these documents, if we were to simplify some of the processes, we would be in a better situation. Nobody knew how long the pandemic would last. So I think This is part of why there was this reaction that we probably wouldn't have had in 10 years if if there hadn't been this situation. Now, we've seen things like the e-bill of lading, which has been talked about for many years, if not decades, and that's something that uh, MSC has been pushing. Has that sort of started to see take-up and acceptance because of the pandemic? We saw extreme interest from countries uh, like China, India, where they really couldn't move documents because there were no flights, at least for a couple of months. We also saw Southeast Asia picking up pretty quickly again for the same reasons. You know, lack of, very often lack of infrastructure meant that you had to find different ways to move documents. And of course, the bill of lading is the most important document in in, in the trade. I think that is, um, many people realize that, you know, if they didn't take the opportunity to do it now, then it would be much more difficult to do it in, in the future. And it also attracted some of the other actors, such as you know banks, customs authorities, to realize that, yes, you know maybe this was a good idea. So you sort of started to be able to join those dots between all those different parties. 
Yes, absolutely. And, and that's critical. If you look at the supply chain, it's basically a chain of events and, and these pieces of the chain have to uh, link together. And if you don't have that, well, you know, you may have a part of a process which is digital to start off with and then you switch back to paper. That's obviously uh, quite inefficient. Kind of wastes the whole time of the process, really, doesn't it? Exactly. You touched earlier on standardization or the lack thereof. How much of that has been a hurdle and what's happening on that front? Well, you know, standardization, I think, has been part of any industry process for many, many years. If you look at the banking industry, you look at the chemical industry, uh, you look at pharma. So crucial to, to being able to digitalize is the standardization, both of the data itself, but also of the processes. So the example of the bill of lading, what we did was that we took those standards, we use a solution which you know integrates the documents in the blockchain, et cetera, uh, for security, but we didn't change the process. So you still have the same way you would print a bill of lading and send it to someone, you're doing it digitally. So the advantage there is that you do use the standards implicitly, but you don't change the process too much. So I think this is a good way to start. Now, if you look at new technological solutions. They will only work if they can be used across you know, multiple carriers, multiple service providers, geographies, ports, terminal operators. You know, There's so many people involved. And, and in the end, everybody benefits provided we, we maintain that, uh, that chain of events, uh, I would say. As in any transformational journey, you need the buy-in from the people it affects and it can happen in isolation, especially in shipping and supply chain, which is very highly interconnected. You talked about all the different parties in there, the ports, terminals, um, you've got regulators, so forth. One of the things that certainly surprised me, and I think might surprise our listeners, was I found out a couple of years ago from the Digital Container Shipping Association that there weren't even standardized port codes for this industry. How much work needs to be done on standardization? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, port code has been a nightmare for since I remember. That lack of standardization and, and the complexity we all had in the industry of exchanging messages, exchanging data, we've been doing EDI you know, for 35 years. But every time you, you get one of these messages, you have to interpret the message. Um, and interpretation or mapping of information is where you lose quality. So that's really what inspired us in 2018 to start talking about an association which would work on creating standards. And in the end, in 2019, we did create uh, the Digital Container Shipping Association, DCSA, as a non-profit group that was very important, uh, funded by the carriers, to further digitalize the container shipping through technology standards, mostly data, but also looking at technology itself when you, when you talk about IoT, for example. And, you know, in the past few years, despite the fact we started just the pandemic, DCSA has managed to push ahead, publish quite an important variety of significant standards, you know, looking at streamlining the trade in three key areas. So reliability of shipping and port operations, I think this is a crucial one. Cargo visibility, you know, from the warehouse to destination with all modes of transport. And then, of course, um, electronic documentation of which we mentioned the the e-bill which for me is the first step um, you know towards digitizing more documents and then another milestone which happened earlier this year in february was the establishment of fit the future international trade alliance which 
brings together you know five leading industry associations. So you have BIMCO, DCSA, you have FIATA with the freight forwarders, you have ICC, Chamber of Commerce, and you have SWIFT. And this is very interesting because together there's a commitment to help standardize uh, digital trade. And and once you get all these actors involved, which have been there for much longer than DCSA, then I think we really have um, something very strong in hand for the future. No, it's, it's interesting to see that, that work on the standardization there. Are there particular areas that you are focusing on right now at DCSA in terms of that work and with those other associations you just mentioned? Well, the, I mean, the work is ongoing, of course. Even when you create a standard, you still need to you know, keep it up to date. So there's new versions, new releases. There's been a lot of work, for example, on uh, track and trace uh, on the API uh, version, which is something that you know, we had before, but everybody had their own version. So, so that's really helping to, to focus um, the, the quality of the information and also to give customers the ability to get the same information in the same format with the same codifications from all their carriers. And then, of course, there's um, quite a lot of development on, uh, on ports, for example, on the just-in-time projects, which are being piloted now in, in various countries. And here again, it's about you know getting information from the ship to shore and vice versa in a standardized format rather than you know emails and, and phone or radio calls. So I think putting that together with these associations and with some um, regulators, we're looking at something uh, very positive. Of course, we need adoption, and, and that's usually the difficult part of, of standards. Yeah, no, I can understand. What are you doing to drive that adoption? Well, there's a lot of things. We're trying to work with some regional and national initiatives as well. So, you know, if, for example, uh, when we look at, um, uh, you know, smart containers, IoT, I think this is a hot topic. If you look at that, if you're able to get, for example, support from regulators, then the adoption becomes extremely simple. If you remember in the airline passenger business, um, at some point, you know, they said, Yata said, okay, now we're going to go for e-tickets and we're just going to stop printing, you know, writing tickets by hand. That took only two or three years because it became mandatory. And so people adapted. So getting adoption sometimes requires a bit of a mandatory push from, from regulators. Meanwhile, we are talking to customers. We are offering these, uh, these solutions. We're offering standard APIs for various, um, uh, data bits. And um, yeah, and we're seeing pretty good traction. If you're enjoying listening, make sure you never miss an episode of the Maritime Podcast by subscribing on the app of your choice. You mentioned some of the sort of national and regional initiatives we're seeing. Do these kind of join up together or are they sort of, you know, you've got something in Asia, you've got something in, say, the US. Do these sort of join together? That's a question I ask myself quite often. I look at it from a very positive angle because I think that indeed countries are, you know, focusing perhaps on other countries that they have a lot of trade with or on cross-border trades. For me, it's an introduction of um, these initiatives country to country. If you, you take, for example, UK and Singapore working together um, to, you know, look at exchanging information in a more, in a more standard manner. Um, of course, it's only UK, Singapore, but if that works, then other countries are going to copy them. Uh, you mentioned the US. The US is looking at 
several initiatives to um, uh, standardize the way data is exchanged. And, and if you look at the goals, the goals there are really to provide support to the small and medium enterprises and to make you know international trade more efficient. There are also a lot of initiatives such as you know digital corridors. I think this is something which is quite interesting because it's essentially creating these data services that work across various transport modes, you know, air, road, rail, and sea. And again, you need that collaboration across the data sharing and the interoperability and the security. So I see that as a very important step forward, even if it's not specific to shipping. And and that's where governments have a very crucial role to play. You saw in Singapore, probably during the the, the recent conferences, that the, the Singaporean government is looking at using EBLs, APIs and a host of other solutions. And I think this shows that they're keen to simplify things, to to make things more efficient for shippers, for receivers, and for all the other parties involved. You mentioned there about data sharing. Shipping as an industry, I think, has been historically very resistant to sharing data, that sort of fear of giving away secrets to their competitors. How much of an issue is that and sharing data between customers and so forth, how do you bring it all together? I think DCSA is an example of you know how collaborating, working together on standards will most probably alleviate some of the of the fears that people have in uh, in in sharing information. You know we're in a in a pretty much interconnected but at the same time open world. If you want to find out where a, a vessel is, you just key in that um, vessel name in in Google. And you'll immediately see it on the map. Uh, so I think, you know, if we want to improve the service to our customers, and keep in mind that a lot of customers use multiple carriers. So if, if we want to keep that relationship, if we want to keep providing the best service possible, apart from obviously the basic transportation, then we need to share. Of course, sharing means you need the right matrices in place. You need to know who has access to what. But that's just a question of, you know, the technology that you may be using in, in, uh, in a digital um, uh, ecosystem platform, for example. So I don't think it's very difficult. I just think it requires an open mind. And, you know, most of what we're discussing today really depends on, on the human aspect and the mindset. Okay, so it's actually about changing that mindset that people have. And that's probably what you're doing with DCSA or trying to do. Yes, absolutely. And, and again, very important, you know. People talk about digitalization and they um, they tend to think that whether it's digitalization or digitization, they tend to think, you know, well, what's going to happen to me in the future? What's going to happen to my job, for example? And this is, this is a, a, very, a very important uh, uh, topic. So I think we need to always keep that in mind, making systems more efficient, but we're not creating, you know, the robots that we thought would exist in the in the 50s or 60s. We're, we're just looking at improving the efficiency, transforming some of the you know offline activities that we have that are very tedious, particularly on the document side, and turning them into you know seamless, more effective ways of of doing business. And I think if we manage to achieve that, then we can all focus on what brings value to the customers and you know at some point of course to to ourselves. Yeah, obviously key at the end of the day, providing that value to customers. Looking at this from the perspective of MSC, where do MSCs 
priorities lie in terms of the shift to digital and specific initiatives? We've obviously mentioned e-bills of lading. Yes, we've mentioned e-bills of ladings. Again, you know, we're, we're at the beginning of this process. There's a lot of other interesting things you can do. So what we do essentially is we have a blueprint you know, of, of all the basic shipping operations, and we look at where we can intervene and, and remove that friction and improve the flow of information, and particularly documents. I repeat that because this is really one of the, of the difficulties we have. And looking at, of course, being able to um, maybe get rid one day of some of these, you know, billions of spreadsheets that are flying around the world and put data into something that people can actually work with and that give them the key information, you know, on a dashboard, for example, rather than having to go through a million lines on a spreadsheet. And in the end, I mean, the goal is really to create a better experience for customers end to end, but also putting people first and maintaining the personal touch. And I think that's, again, a very, very important element. The personal touch, or let's say digitalization, doesn't mean losing that personal touch or replacing people. It's really about rethinking, reimagining how we do things and allow our people to focus on what brings value and not, as I mentioned before, on these very tedious and costly and time-consuming tasks that we see all over the industry. So it's very much about the processes and the paperwork that lies behind it rather than the interaction at a, I guess, a customer carrier level. No, absolutely. I think if you provide, you know, if we provide on the website or in a mobile app or whatever it is, or through EDIAP, if we provide the right data to the customer, then they don't need to call us, you know, in, in a frustrated mode. You know, where's my container? Where's my cargo? When is it arriving? If we manage slowly, slowly to be more proactive, to have proactive notifications of a change, you know, whether it means you missed the transshipment chip or the vessel is delayed due to weather, for example, then I think the same way as you would react as a consumer when you're expecting a parcel from some online service. And basically, this gives them peace of mind. And then, as I mentioned, we can focus on what really counts and always give the customer the power to choose, you know, choose how they want to be uh, treated. They want to do everything online. They prefer, you know, a more human-driven interaction. We do need to give that choice, unlike, you know, some of our consumer experiences where, you know, if you miss a flight, basically, you don't know who to call anymore. Yes, that I think you, you see. I'm the, sure you've experienced that. I was going to say, you <laughs> see the frustrations with that. So that there is that, that importance of the human experience. Um, you've got large customers who are spending a lot of money with you. Just to sort of dust off the crystal ball and look forward a bit here. If we look to say the middle of the decade, what should we expect to see in terms of the progress in terms of digitalization for container shipping? Well, as, as we mentioned earlier on, I think digitalization and, of course, sustainability, let's, let's not forget that, and, and it is closely linked to a certain extent, are really, in my mind, the two topics that are very, very high on the priority list of many of the players in the industry, whether it's you know, the carrier, um, the customer, the, the receiver, and so on, and governments, of course. So generally, there is now an agreement that more needs to be achieved and at a much faster pace. We cannot wait you know, 10 years for the next digital document. Of course, looking at other industries, there's a lot we can learn, for example, from, from aviation, where they managed to transform, you know, both the passenger floor of the aircraft, but also the cargo floor of the aircraft. 
And, um, and what's amusing here is that we have many customers that are using both air and sea, and they accept going digital for air, but for sea, they're still a bit uh, reluctant. So, you know, I think a lot of digital innovations, whether you talk about, you know, AI, ML, IoT technologies to, to understand where um, a particular asset is, they exist in the industry. They exist. But to really realize that potential, we have to overcome, I think, both the competitive mindset that you mentioned before and the fears. I think there's a lot of fears, and we said that earlier on, and we need to increase the collaboration and the adoption of standards. If we manage to do that, I think we can move much faster than we've moved in the past 30-odd years. That's really good to hear. There's one interesting point I'll pick up on there that you mentioned, and that was the fact that people are willing to adopt this in the aviation side of their shipping business, but have that reticence for ocean shipping. When do you think that is? I think it's probably due to the fact that shipping is a, is a very um, old, in, in the good sense, industry, and that I guess it's a question of habit. You know, It's a question of being used to doing things in a certain way. I think it's also a question of trust. We need to improve the trust between the actors because if today we get a lot of information through EDI, as you know, um, and we take that information for, for granted because we trust you know, whoever's sending that information, if we continue in that direction and we start to have more trust in the third parties that we use, but also in what customers are giving us as information, then I think we can really move at a faster pace. That means that if you look at the aviation industry, for example, I think there was probably, there were more regulatory pushes than perhaps in shipping. So slowly, slowly, I think that'll come also um, the shipping world, particularly when we look at, you know, the future and sustainability and, you know, decarbonization, all these very important topics. So all of those sort of combined together, in a sense, all those different major shifts that we're seeing going on, like you mentioned decarbonization, and that sort of transparency that people are demanding with that. Yes, absolutely. And, and again, I think the digital story in this is, you know, let's simplify things, let's make things more efficient, let's be more transparent, give more visibility, more uh, predictability, and then we'll be on, on the right road for the future. We, we have to do that. Um, you also, you know, if you look at the younger generation that are, are um, looking at, at working in shipping, they will probably not accept the way we operate. They don't want, you know, a, a green screen. Uh, I know many of us don't have that anymore, but they really want to focus on what, what counts and not, you know, waste time on, on, on all these tedious tasks we mentioned. Uh, indeed. Uh, so sort of trust, transparency and simplicity, really. Absolutely. I, I like to talk about the three T's but um, in the suffix, but there's actually much more than three T's. But, you know, you have the visibility, the predictability, sustainability, data quality. There's so many T's, as I call them. And yes, that's the direction we need to take. And I think we're going in that direction. So, so there is a positive move forward. But of course, we'd like things to happen faster. That's human nature, right? Indeed. I think we all would like everything in life to happen faster if it's what we want. I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to just say to round off to tell our listeners. Well, I can give you my dream. I think that I dream of seeing, you know, shipping services be as accessible and simple as, you know, an online purchase, as simple as buying a pair of shoes online, obviously, if you know your size. So I think we need to 
reinvent ourselves, we need to think big, but we have to act small, you know, on quick wins, and even at a smaller scale, and never forget that we'll only get there if we take into account the interoperability of information and scalability. And I think that's it's a very important topic that we need to remember for the future. Thanks for those insights. And hopefully we get to where your vision is. Thank you so much for taking the time today, Andre. No, Marcus, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Mm-hmm.